growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week, we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award-winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. Hello and welcome once again to all marijuana men, weedy women, and fellow fans of the ganja goodness. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com, and I'm your host, Kyle Cushman. Today we're going to be talking about the subject of dabbing, and our guest today is a man held in high regard in the cannabis community, Lanny Swerdlow, a fellow canna advocate who has been a spearhead in the fight to legalize and normalize marijuana for almost two decades. He's a certified RN whose passion for patients' rights to have a safe, comfortable, and affordable, reputable solution to medical marijuana led him to found the Marijuana Anti-Prohibition Project. Through MAPP, Lanny works with the lawyers of the community, also including the public, city administrators, patients, and law enforcement officials, all towards the goal of providing safe distribution of medical marijuana to those who need it. He is also the founder and president of the Brownie Mary Democratic Club of Riverside County. Lanny has been loud and proud about cannabis for a very long time, working hard to get the message out that cannabis is safe and effective medicine. He gets the word out as a prolific columnist for several print media outlets, which include the Desert Sun, Riverside Press Enterprise, San Bernardino Sun, Inland Valley Daily Bulletin, the West Coast Leaf, and Culture Magazine, where he writes a column called Healthy Living and also does strain reviews. He's also a host for a Marijuana Compassion and Common Sense radio broadcast. Tune into that every Monday at 6 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com. Lanny, welcome to The Grow Show. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much. Well, I had heard your name and actually seen you on several uh, speaker panels over the years, and we just recently met on a, on a Canna Cruise out of uh, Newport Beach, which was a yes. really nice evening. Um, except, that, except there was no Canna on the Canna Cruise. <laughs> except that it became a zero-tolerance Canna Cruise. Isn't that interesting? It was. It was interesting and a little disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and um, I thought that the uh, the most interesting turn of events of the evening was that the captain said, once everybody realized the captain said he would turn the boat around if he caught people smoking, we realized just wait until we're all the way out and he's turning the boat around anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So as soon as we hit the outside point, everybody just started sparking up, and there wasn't really a whole lot he could do about it. So, you got it. But um, so we were having a discussion about dabbing, and I don't know if you remember, but I mentioned that I wouldn't say that I'm against it. I'm just a little bit hesitant to the new new school way of medicating. And so I was discussing with you some of my concerns about not only the new generation of people using it, but uh, just overall people switching from flowers to strictly dabbing. And you had an opinion, which I uh, held you know, some definite respect for, being as you are an RN and have been in this industry, that, that this isn't a dangerous practice. Tell, tell me a little bit about your opinion of that. Well, uh, first of all, just because... I, it, you know, don't hold it in high regard just because I said so. I mean, I don't hold it in regard what I said very much anyway. <laughs> but but um, you know, listen, dabbing, first of all, there is some safer things in dabbing. You know, when you dab, you don't get all the smoke that you get from smoking cannabis. 
And when you smoke cannabis, the smoke contains carcinogens, just like in tobacco smoke. And it's really not good to take them in. Now, granted, nobody gets lung cancer from marijuana smoke, unlike tobacco smoke, which, uh, which if you smoke tobacco, you're 10 times more likely to develop lung cancer than if you don't, whereas if you smoke marijuana, you're no more likely to develop lung cancer than if you don't smoke marijuana. Actually, you're a little bit less likely to develop lung cancer if you smoke marijuana than if you don't smoke anything, because the cannabinoids in cannabis are such powerful anti-cancer agents, they can actually prevent the development of cancer in the presence of cancer-causing agents. Now, let me, let me ask you that, so one of the big differences that I find between a, a physical difference between dabbing and, uh, or vaping and smoking is um, I don't find that you get the expectorant qualities from uh, the concentrates. Do you find that? You mean coughing up phlegm? Is that what you're yes. talking about? Well, if you want to cough up phlegm, then you don't use dabs. You use dabs because you want to get yourself. Are, are you allowed to use four-letter words in this, this thing uh, in, the, in your show? Absolutely. You don't get, you, you don't use dabs because you want to get fucked up. That's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's right. very strong. When you, when you dab, you, it really goes to your head. I, I, I recommend that when you dab, you always be sitting uh, because I, I read about some older man that dabbed, who was standing, fell down, hit his head on the concrete, and died. That was uh, it, all over. Yeah, and so, and so uh, uh, he wasn't killed by marijuana. He was killed by not using it properly, which was when you dab, you sit, you know? It's like the and, old Willie Nelson analogy. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and, and so, the, so, you know, so if, you, if you're using it, if you want to use uh, to, to expectorate or you want to use it to get a good night's sleep or you want to use it to control nausea, hell, you're not going to want to use dabbing. You're going to use, you want to smoke it or you might want to eat it or, or use a tinkster. But when you dab, it's because you want to have a good time. You want to party. And one of the major reasons, one of the major reasons I'm such an advocate of legalizing cannabis is because it is the only effective substitute out there for alcohol. Alcohol is a horrid, horrid product. When I was a nurse working in hospitals, I don't think I ever went a single shift in which I didn't take care of at least one patient because of their use of alcohol. I -hmm. never, no other nurse I've ever worked with ever had a single patient in a hospital bed because they use marijuana. So if people want, people drink, one of the reasons they drink, not the only reason, but one of the reasons a lot of people drink is because they want to get themselves screwed up. They want to get messed up. They want their head to go berserk. That's what dabbing does. And you can do it. You can get all messed up, and you can dab all night long, and you don't need alcohol to do it. And then you'll go to bed, wake up in the morning, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to go on. It's not going to hurt you. It doesn't hurt you. I don't know of a single case, other than this case where a guy fell down and broke his head on concrete, that anybody's ever been hurt by dabbing. So do you discern a difference between dabbing and vaping? Oh, yeah, of course. Dabbing, dabbing is really strong. I mean, when uh-huh. you take a dab, it goes right to your head. It knocks you for a loop. When you, well, when you vaporize, it doesn't do that. It's like smoking a joint. You know, it takes a minute or two. It gets to your head. You get a nice high, very pleasant. And if you're looking for a good night's sleep or you're looking to throw nausea or looking for pain or you're looking to just have a, an interesting time watching a, a movie or going to a concert, that's what smoking's for. Dabbing is for, for more for the immediate rush. It's like, you know, you're sitting there take a glass of whiskey and you're having this whiskey contest. How many people can chug the most whiskey? You know, you'd be, oh, isn't that a big problem we're having with college students? What's it called? What's it called when they, uh, they drink lots and lots of booze? Binge drinking. Uh, binge drinking. All right. It's not good for them. We read about them all dying all this guy. What about binge dabbing? Well, right. <laughs> you're not going to have the same. You don't have the same problems with binge drinking. So college so, students should be encouraged to binge. If they want to really screw themselves up in an evening, on a Saturday evening, 
Encourage them to binge dab rather than to binge Rather drink. than binge drinking. I'm all for that. I can't say no to that. Well, let's get this obvious question out of the way. You see there is no level of cannabis ingestion as being toxic? Well, no, we know that. You know, nobody's ever died from an overdose of cannabis. You can overdose and become uncomfortable, especially from edibles. Marine Dowd, you know, reported for the right. New York Times who went there and, and ate that too much brownie and millions read about her bad trip. She overdosed <laughs> on cannabis. It didn't kill her, but it was very uncomfortable and very unpleasant. That's the kind of problem you'll get from an overdose of cannabis. You're not going to imperil your health. You're not going to wind up in a hospital you know, with breathing problems or anything like that. And the same with dabbing. Well, well let's, just, let's just bring it down just a little bit of a, uh, of a simpler level. So not that cannabis or intoxication of any kind is allowable or accepted by, by children or young folk, but do you see any larger danger between young people using dabs in a illegal sense as opposed to just using straight cannabis? Well, <laughs> you know, in, in a legal sense, I mean, the question is, is it more illegal to, for a young person to no, use no, dabs no. My, to use flowers? My, my question, it's not. No, my question is, is there, is there any greater danger of uh, young people abusing concentrates as opposed to abusing just straight cannabis? No, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. There hasn't been any research. I mean, they've got some of this research out there. A lot of it's been disproven. The stuff about uh, lowering IQ level turned out to be nonsense uh, and so forth and so on. But, you know, it's, and when you say a young person, you know, what are you talking about, a 12-year-old or an 18-year-old? You know, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about, you know, you know when, when I was younger, I started using cannabis in junior high school. And, of course, none of it was legal then. But, you know, young people do use alcohol. They do use intoxicants. And the new go-to is dabbing. People are forsaking the flower and going for dabbing. And I am I'm trying to put the information out there as to whether it's, it has a higher okay. toxicity level. I, I, know it, I know what you're saying. All right, here's the thing. Young people shouldn't be drinking alcohol. Young people probably shouldn't be doing cannabis and dabbing. However, we seem to forget, people seem to forget when they get older that they were once young and they mm-hmm. like to kind of do these rebellious things and, you know, uh, things that are not quite, you know, not supposed to be doing. It's a way of rebelling. So they drink. But what if they were able to, what if, instead of drinking, they dabbed instead? They shouldn't be dabbing. They shouldn't be drinking. But if the dabbing replaces the drinking, it's less harmful to them. That's all it boils oh. down to. They shouldn't be doing, we shouldn't be encouraging them to do either. We should be discouraged. No, but you're not, you're, you're not concerned with concentrates replacing raw cannabis? Well, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm not sure that young people should be even using cannabis at all, any more than they should Correct. be using alcohol. I don't understand that. All I am saying is if they're going to rebel, better they should be using concentrates of cannabis than using Jack Daniels. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. That, it's, it's, it's a lesser harm. They shouldn't be doing either. But okay. if, going to, if, I, they, if they, they, they want to rebel and they want to do something better off, they should be doing cannabis than alcohol. I can't argue with that statement at all, Lanny. Well, we are just out of time for our first segment, and it is always 420 somewhere, so it's time for a smoke break. <laughs> Light up and stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from our guest, Lanny Swerdlow. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. Dr. Dabber, hurry. It's 
temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh, my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Grow Show. We're talking with Lanny Swerdlow about the benefits and or dangers of dabbing. Um... I just want to say that I am old school and um, I personally don't dab or vape regularly. So that's why I'm having this discussion. I'm trying to enlighten myself and trying to dispel some of my own personal myths about the potential hazards or dangers of dabbing. So Lanny, could you tell me what are some of the tangible medical reasons why someone would choose to dab or vape over traditional smoking? I can't think of any real reason why someone should dab over smoking, uh, except maybe, maybe if they're in such pain they, and they want to really knock them, you know, they, they might want to dab, but there's no medical reason to dab rather than smoke. If you're, okay. If you're, if, you're, if you're using it for a medical reason, if you want to treat nausea, you want to treat pain, you want to treat, you're going to consume it, you're either going to vaporize or you're going to smoke it or you're going to tincture it or you're going to edible it. Dabbing, as far as I am concerned, now some people might want to say they want to dab for medical reasons. Fair enough. Whatever gets the cannabinoids into your system is what you want to do. But I, mm-hmm. I see dabbing as mainly a recreational, social thing. You get with your friends and you dab. Is vaporizing that's through... That's the cannabis, is to have fun with your uh, Absolutely. That's what we're doing right here, is having some fun. Is vaporizing through expensive vaporizers and even like inexpensive disposable pens... Is this practice free from carcinogenic effects? Yes, there's no smoke because the way vaporization works is it heats the the cannabinoids up to around 300, the the cannabis product up to about 350 degrees Fahrenheit. At 350 degrees Fahrenheit, that's hot enough to take the cannabinoid oils and cause them to evaporate and go in the air, just like water at 212 degrees evaporates and goes in the air. But 350 degrees is not hot enough to cause the vegetative matter in cannabis to combust and burn. So you get all vapors, and no smoke. So there's no carcinogens in vaporizing. That's the reason you want to vapor. It's the best way 
to consume cannabis. It's to vaporize. It's the absolute safest, best way to do it. Can you explain why it is that I don't feel the same effects from either dabbing or vaping that I get from smoking raw cannabis? Uh, well, probably because of the way it gets into your body and your own metabolism, this kind of stuff. There is a, there is a somewhat of a, of a difference, but I, most people find the difference to be minimal. And if they're concerned about carcinogens or they don't want to blow smoke into the room or whatever, that's it. But, yeah, there's, there's a difference. You're going to have to determine each person. You know, cannabis is a very individually specific a product. You know, it affects each person has to determine what effect they want, they, they enjoy from cannabis, and then to imbibe it the way that they enjoy it the most. If you're really concerned about not getting carcinogens in your body, then vaporize it. If you don't care, uh, then smoke it. And if you find smoking provides a, a better high than vaping, then smoke it. It's not dangerous. Mm. Each, person, that's thing, each person has to decide for themselves how it affects them, and everybody is affected differently. Right, personal choice. Do you think smoking is a habit soon to disappear? No. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the passing the joint around, I think even when it's legalized and it's cheap, people will still be passing the joint around. Good. Good. I do, too. Well, that was a really enlightening discussion on dabbing for me, and I'm slowly breaking down my barriers um, by talking with people like you. I'd like you to tell us a little bit about Brownie Mary Rathbun. I remember reading about her in High Times 15 years ago. Well, Brownie Mary Rathburn is, is, was the namesake for the Brownie Mary Democratic Club, and her real name was Mary Jane Rathburn. And when she was in her 70s, uh, she started baking marijuana-infused brownies and taking them to AIDS patients in the San Francisco hospitals. Uh, she was arrested three times by the police for doing this, never prosecuted. Uh, the city of San Francisco eventually named a day in her honor, Brownie Mary Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a fantastic woman. She, she worked for legalization. Uh, she was an atheist, which I really like, and uh, very outspoken and very forthright. And that's one of the reasons we named the Brownie Mary Democratic Club after her. We, we felt that what she did was important. We kind of looked at it, you know, what she did was kind of, it's kind of interesting. You know, she gave marijuana-infused brownies to AIDS patients, very, very important for health. Probably a third of AIDS patients used marijuana. A lot of them attributed their life, they're still alive because of it. Um, but also, it's, it's kind of fun. And, and, and enjoyable, and that's another part, and we don't want to ignore that. And so we, we chose that name for her, and also because the marijuana movement is male-dominated, and we have to absolutely showcase and highlight the contributions made by women to our movement. We need more women in our movement, and, we're, and one of the ways we can get more women is to, is to let women know that women have been involved in the movement. That's one of the reasons we also named it after Brownie Mary. Absolutely. And she's just, it's just a great symbol of the importance to be politically involved and to realize that, you know, to be a part of your culture, this cannabis culture that I'm very proud to be a part of has led me to meet just about every, all of the most important people and most revered and loved people that I've met in my life. I met my fiance teaching a cannabis class. And, you know, you should reach out to the others in our community that put themselves out there and lend a hand, get politically involved. Absolutely. Well, that's the whole purpose of the Brownie Mary Democratic Club is to bring the marijuana community kicking and screaming into the political process because uh, one of the reasons that we have had so, we've been so marginalized 
is that we have not been politically evolved. And we've, we've done that at our peril. You know, we just got through here in California with this AB 266 marijuana bill and all this kind of stuff, uh, medical marijuana distribution. And after it came through, uh, Americans for Safe Access worked very hard on it. And everybody, some people who don't like this bill were just blaming ACES, saying, oh, ACES sold us down the creek and all this kind of stuff. And what nonsense. I, I, I wish ASA had the political clout that some of these people attributed to. They don't. You know, they were fighting the League of California Cities and the California Chief Police Association over this bill. And uh, the League of California Cities and the police chiefs, they are not 800-pound gorillas. They are 8,000-pound gorillas. And <laughs> ASA, ASA barely qualifies as a bonobo. And, you know, they, they, you know it's just, it's, the problem is, why does ASA qualify as a bonobo compared to the gorillas? Because nobody's out there. We have all these marijuana people, and they're not out there doing anything to support groups that are working for them. It's, it's, it's a spot, you know, it's a spot on our, community, our community that we have been so uninvolved, and we are paying the price for it. Here we have this tremendous Proposition 215 passed in 1996, and here it is 20 years later, and we're still trying to figure out how to get it to medical marijuana patients, and it's all because we haven't been involved. So I formed the Brownie Mary Democratic Club. The first one got formed in Riverside County. We are chartered by the uh, Riverside County Democratic Party. We now have clubs chartered in Los Angeles County, uh, San Bernardino County, San Francisco County, uh, Alameda County, and Sacramento County. And last August, we were chartered by the California Democratic Party, as a statewide organization, there is only five statewide organizations chartered by the uh, California Democratic Party, and we are one of them. And we are working within the party to support the medical marijuana patients. And importantly, in 2016, when there's going to be a legalization initiative on the ballot in November, we want to make sure the Democratic Party comes out fully in support of it, just like they did for Proposition 47, 2014, and avoid a repeat of what happened in 2010, where the Democratic sat out against Proposition 19, and all the Democratic politicians came out against it. It would have passed. It only lost by 3%. And if the Democratic Party had come out in favor of it, and all these Democratic politicians would have kept their mouths shut against it, it would have passed. Whether you like Proposition mm -hmm. 19 or not, it doesn't matter. It would have passed, and that's what I'm saying. The support of the Democratic Party is absolutely critical for the passage of whatever measure it's going to be on in 2016, and we are working within the party to make sure that's going to happen. One of the things we did do is in 2014, for the first time ever, the California Democratic Party included into its platform a plank calling for the legalization of marijuana. Yes, sir. You preach it. I mean, I'm still lamenting the, the <laughs> failure of Prop 19. That was a really sad day for me. And, you know, we're going to keep going. And who knows, maybe uh, sometime in the near future, the cannabis community will have our own political party. What do you think no, of that? No, no, no we don't need no, – listen, the vegetarian party has never gotten anywhere. You know, I tell people, <laughs> you know join the – you know, I'm, I'm a Democrat, and I tell people join the Democratic Party. They are four square in support of what we are doing. If you look at the congressional votes in sure. Congress, they I have agree. almost to a, to a, a member voted in favor of every single thing that we want. It's the Republicans that have opposed us, and that's why uh, the bill to fund the DEA from going to states like Colorado and Washington didn't make it. It wasn't because of the Democrats. It was because of the Republicans. Yeah, man. Well, I think we're getting close to recognition here for our community. Certainly, we're getting close to the end of prohibition, and it's, it, it can't come soon enough. I hope so. I really, you know, this, this was coming up in California in November 2016 and a couple other states uh, like Nevada uh, is absolutely crucial. Uh, what happens in 2016 is going to be momentous. 
Now, if it's our election to lose, but we can lose it if we don't do it right. So we've got to do it right. And I encourage your listeners to get involved with their local cannabis groups and maybe, if you would like to, with the Brownie Mary Democratic Club. Check out our website. Absolutely. Can I give that out? Check Absolutely. Out you know what? We're, we're, we are just about out of time, Lanny. So what I'd like you to do is uh, I want to thank you for being here with us. Uh, before we go to our last segment, which is Ask Kyle, I'd like you to tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and uh, the organizations that you'd like to see them be a part of. Well, the Brownie Mary Club is very simple. Go to browniemaryclub.org. That's all it is, browniemaryclub.org, B-R-O-W-N-I-E, not N-Y, browniemaryclub.org. And if you'd like to write me, if you've got any questions or things you like, you write to Lanny at MarijuanaNews.org, L-A-N-N-Y at MarijuanaNews.org. And then I'd like to also invite you to listen to my radio show, which is blogtalkradio.com slash News. Awesome. There, I've given you it heard all it here. Everybody out there, go visit the BrownieMaryClub.org and see what it's all about. Thank you, Lanny Swerdlow, for being with us. We are going to take our last break right now, and we'll be right back with Ask Kyle. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, Most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grow Show. Now it's time for our final segment of the show I like to call Ask Kyle. 
at The Grow Show, we get so many questions from people around the world with their cultivation challenges, and I dedicate this part of the show to answering those questions because I love educating and sharing information that helps you grow the best bud possible. So let's dig in. What do we have here? From Brian B. via email. How do you feel about the new automated grow cabinets coming out? Are there any better than your own closet or spare room in your opinion? Well, Brian, these are certainly advanced appliances that they're coming out with now, much better than the the ones of old. Are they better than your own closet or spare room? It all depends on how good a builder you are. And that's really what they're for. They're really just a convenience tool. They're convenience, not necessity, because you can turn any closet or spare room into your grow room. But if you don't like picking up tools and you don't like making holes in the walls or you live in a rental, these closets are really a great uh, alternative. And they come in all shapes and sizes to fit your own personal grow needs. So yeah, I would definitely look into those if you don't like building. Next question from Lawrence S. via email as well. What's the lifespan of a good mother plant? I don't think that there's any real um, evidence saying that there is a lifespan of a mother plant. I've heard tale of some people keeping them alive more than a decade. More than likely, what people do is they take a clone off of their mother plant and reinvigorate it with a new root structure and a new pot every three to six months. And that's typically what I suggest is to uh, go with a plant for a few months until it gets unruly and then just to start a new one off of it. Uh, Next question from Jared S. via email. The tips of my leaves are looking brown and dry, but I am giving my girls plenty of water. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Could my lighting be burning the leaves or something? Well, Jared, yes, the lighting could be burning the leaves. The simple solution to that would be putting a thermometer between the light and right at the leaf tips. And chances are, if your temperature is not in the 90s, that's not your problem. What I'm guessing is, you didn't mention anything about feeding your plants. So just giving your plants water, plain water, is not going to keep them green and lush. You have to feed them. And that could be a good reason as why they're brown and dry. I suggest a good all-around base fertilizer. Next question from Cynthia L. via email. I'm getting ready for my first harvest and I'm so excited. All of my plants look really healthy, but I don't want to get too excited about my yield and then be disappointed. What numbers do you usually get out of a plant? I'm growing northern lights. Well, Cynthia, I'm glad to hear that you're not worrying about yield because I suggest everybody worry about growing healthy plants first and yield second. That's because the healthiest plants yield the best. So put all your focus into growing healthy plants. Basically, the yield of a plant is going to be determined by the size at which it was flowered. Um, And what I mean by that is the size at which you turn it from a vegetative photoperiod, 20, 18, 20, 24 hours of light, back down to 12 hours of light, which is what turns them into flowering, which is what begins the flowering. Um, If you flower a plant at one foot tall, you might end up with two to four ounces out of it. If you flower a plant at two feet tall, you can double that yield. And basically, that's how it goes. The larger the plant is when you first flower it, the larger your yield you can expect. Next question from Jeff B. via email. Greetings from the green state of Washington. We're about to get into the curing process, and I'm concerned about mold since we live in an area where the humidity is relentless. How do I prevent mold from becoming a problem? Well, drying weed during rainy seasons is very difficult. Sometimes it just does not want to dry completely. 
the obvious answer is the proper appliances. You've got to get enough dehumidifiers into your room so that you can get your humidity down at least at 50% or below. And once you get to the point where you're really ready to cure or jar your weed for long storage, you really want them in a room with an even lower humidity, closer to around 40%. And that will put them in a good state for when you put them in the jar. Let's see. I have another question here from Jamie C. A friend of mine told me that I should let my soil get completely dry before I water, but I don't want to kill my plant. I just have the one. How dry should I let the soil get before I water? Well, Jamie, letting your soil get dry is a really important factor to keeping your plants healthy. It's called cycling your plants. And I always suggest complete wet-dry cycles. And you don't have to worry about your plant dying the first time you let it get a little low in water. In fact, I recommend people experience a wilting plant so that they can actually get a sense of how light and how dry their pots can actually get. So if you have the chance, you know, let it get pretty dry. And if you can catch it just as the plant starts to wilt and then you water it, the plant comes back within minutes. So that's my suggestion. Get a good idea, get a good handle on just how light they actually can get before wilting. If you want to submit your own questions to Ask Kyle, just go to our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash The Grow Show or tweet your questions to at Radio using hashtag The Grow Show or send via direct message. Well, we are out of time and I'd like to thank our guests and our producers for making this show possible. Make sure to check out my website, kylecushman.com, where you can find out where to follow me on social media, upcoming events I'll be attending, and subscribe to my newsletter. You can find new episodes of The Grow Show every Wednesday by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman, and as always, please stay lifted. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.